Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Our guest for this week is Barbara Swint. Barbara is an author and a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. In this interview, Barbara talks about how identifying with God was difficult for her because of the trauma that she faced as a child. So without further ado, here's the interview that I did with Barbara. Hello, Barbara. How are you today? Hello, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. I am super excited to talk to you and to hear your amazing story of how you found God. So I have a question for you. And my question is, what was your childhood like? My childhood was like some um, full of dysfunction and trauma. Yeah, a little rough. In what ways that stand out to you was it so full of trauma and dysfunction? Like just a little, some ways that you can think of right now. Um, Trauma, I guess, because I'm a survivor of sexual assault. So childhood sexual assault. So that's that's where the trauma comes in at. And dysfunction, because of the family dynamic, it was just dysfunction, toxic. I understand. So at this time when you were going through all of this, was your family, did they go to church? Did they not go to church? Like what was it oh, yeah. like? Yes, we went to church regularly, you know, Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Church. Oh yeah. A big part of life. So at this time when you're going, and see, I guess this question would be different for you because I was going to say, what do you think, what did you think of God as a child? But with everything that you were going through, like, what did you think about God? Were you mad at him? Did you question his existence just because of the fact that you were hearing about somebody who was supposed to be one way, but yet in your home, you were going to do some other things. So as a child, what was your thoughts about God? Yes, I had a lot, lot of questions, you know, I was like, you know, why me? You know, I, I, I didn't do anything, you know, because right. it started at four. So at four, you have no identity of who you are. You're pure innocence. So it's like, why me? And then you hear stories about, you know, God loves the children, the children. And, and I'm a child. Yeah. I'm innocent. You know, I didn't do anything. So why me, God? So it was a lot of questions, you know. I never really said I, you know, hated God or didn't like him. I just didn't understand, you know, what was going on. So it was a lot of questions. 
Yeah, at any point did you guys, did you manage to get any help? Did anyone come and rescue you from this situation? Like, how did you get out of it? No, no counseling, no help. Um, I guess about me getting rescued, I guess I got, say I got married young at 18. So that kind of like rescued me out the living situation. Right. Because I got married and, you know, left the house. But no, other than that, no. That is sad. That's really unfortunate about that. And I know you that had to play a huge role with the way you view God, because I can only imagine how you would feel if you went through all of this for like, well, 14 years, you say happened when you started when you were four years old. So for the next 14 years of your life, you went through all of this. And I know it had to be traumatic and traumatizing. Did all of this have a role to play when you were adolescent and how you reacted to things and some of the things you may have done? Oh, yes. Yes. Trauma will form you in a way that you don't understand. You know, through my life, I lived my life in subconscious. You know, I wasn't conscious of where or what I was doing at the moment. You just, I was just going through the motions, coping, you know, turning to things to numb the pain. I wasn't really ready to face and some of the stuff that I went through so young, I didn't even have any memory of it anyway. You know, so later on, you know, when God began to reveal things and to heal me, he had to bring those things back to my remembrance in order for me to get healed. But yeah. Wow, that is interesting to hear. And not interesting, just like, I guess I'm just shocked because, you know, in my mind, I don't think about these things happening. But we all know that they do. But to actually talk to someone who said, yeah, this happened to me, it's just really sad. And I'm just glad that you're okay now and that you're able to get out of that situation. Like, I'm really happy about that. So at what point in your life did you um, start to look, what got you to, to a point where you were looking for God or you wanted to get to know God? Well, like I said, God has always been a part of my life, you know, because we went to church, but there's a difference between going to church and, you know, God, you know, it's, it's religion and then it's a relationship. Right. And going to church, you know, it was religion, mm-hmm. you know, you constantly doing something repetitively, going to church, hearing a preacher, you know, and it was just, I got tired and I wanted the relationship because I was growing up it was like God was unreachable for me. Yeah. I mean, he, he seemed so big that he was so much out of my reach, if that makes sense. I don't know, but that's just the way I viewed him in my mind as a child. But when I, you know, became older and to understand it's not religion, it's, it's, it's more of a relationship. I didn't know how to approach God when I was young. So when I began to, you know, really grow in God and, and, and understand and pray and read my Bible and ask God to reveal himself to me, he, he did. And it was just about breaking those chains of religion. It's, it's a relationship. You can talk to God as like you talk to your friend. Right. He's not unapproachable. He's not this big person. You know, you just don't have these, have these big words to go to him. He understands your heart. Matter of fact, you don't have to have any words. He right. he he understands your heart. So yeah. Well, I like that. What was that one experience that got you 
to go to church and talk to God on that level. Like I know for me, I didn't start really looking for God until I was like 18 because I grew up in a church, you know, it was the same religious practices over and over and over. And at Mm -hmm. one point I just felt like I shouldn't even try because it just seemed so hard and unattainable to actually reach all of these, you know, rules and goals and keep all Mm -hmm. these rules. So it wasn't until I was like 18 and I started to read for myself. And then I was like, well, God, this is not making sense to me. You know, then that was like the first time I started to look for God for myself. And then, of course, it did evolve as I got older. So what was your first experience where you're just like, God, I just want to know who you are. Like, what got you to that point? Uh, For me, I think it was in 2010. He was actually knocking on my heart. You know, it's like, if you're not letting me in. And and th- that was that was it. I was I was just tired of coping, you know, with my my trauma myself. And you know, he started talking to me like he wanted to heal me, you know. And so I actually, you know, let him in, and he revealed himself to me, and he began to reveal my uh, memories back. And and over time, you know, I got healed. So that's really, he came to me, you know, he's always, like I said, been a part of my life, but I just felt his presence more at that moment. You know, I, I knew it was, you know, and I, like I said, I've been raised in church. So I know, like I said, when he knocked, let him in, you know, so I felt him at my door knocking. So yeah, I, I wanted better for myself. I, I, I didn't want to keep going through the same cycles. I wanted yeah. to break the chains of dysfunction break the chains of you know trauma of my past and guilt shame unforgiveness you know everything like that so yeah yes so did the did God come first like I know we were talking about religion versus relationships so I guess what my question is which one came first for you because you said in 2010 you felt God knocking out your heart and you let them in, and that's when everything started to change for you. So was that the yeah. point where you realized it was more about a relationship rather than religion, or did that come after? Yes, that's that's when I realized it was more about a relationship, because he started talking to me and, and um, you know, guiding me to different scriptures to read, and I just wanted more. I was seeking God more. And, you know, it was, because like I said, I grew up in church, and it was like you said, it was all about rules you know and 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 that's the thing that I I you know kind of like I don't know because it was the tradition of men you know and that's why I say the tradition of men make the word of God of no avail because they stick stuff out there in quote unquote it's from God right you know you can't wear pants you don't wear lipstick you don't wear makeup God didn't say that (laughs) you know so it was the tradition of men so I had to rewire my mind, my brain, you know, this is, this didn't come from God, you know? So mm-hmm. it was, it was, that's when God, it was a formed a relationship. I could go to him and talk to him, like I'm talking to you and not be so timid and afraid of him. Because when I was young, I was afraid to go to him. Yeah. Cause I didn't know how to approach him. I get that. I get that. Cause I know when I was younger, I was afraid of God as well, because it's one of those things like you, it's almost like you had to have the exact words. You had to have the exact scriptures you wanted to pray before God would answer. And then if you didn't do it right, he might not hear you. So I was, I get it because I used to be afraid to go to God as well. And it wasn't until I realized it was about that relationship 
that it kind of just made everything different because instead of me like well let me, I need to pray it was just easy to talk to God because he was a friend he was somebody that mm-hmm. I could identify with and not someone who just seems so far off because it's easy to compartmentalize God you know like he's here yeah. at church he's one spot and then I leave and it's like is he still there so no I totally understand everything you're saying it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm Cause you, you know, when I was young, you taught to fear God, you know, God, are you fear him? So it was like, okay, if you fear him, okay, you're supposed to be scared of him. You know, it was, it was just so hard to approach him because you got to be, be in your mind. Like you're supposed to fear him, you fear him. Like, well, you know, it's a fear of like, I'm scared of him or, so he just had to come to me in, 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 in his way to break down my barriers and my walls and reveal himself to me that he's a loving God. And you can just talk to him. You don't have to have these big words and just talk to him. And he he understands. Yeah, he does. And the thing that I like about it is that you can just tell him what's in your mind. Because I've always said, I don't know why I'm not being honest with God. Because he sees what I'm doing. So I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. You know, he sees me. He's looking at me right now. So why not just be honest? Like, God, I'm doing such and such. Like, he sees every single thing. And I just think it's freeing to have a kind of relationship where you can just talk to God where you can spend time with him because I think the more we spend time with him the more we talk to him the closer we get to him and the more we want to do you know the things that please him and it's out of love and not out of fear that's why I'm against the whole thing of kind of like organized religion because I just think it makes people afraid of God so you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason you're doing it because you're scared. And I don't think I ever intended for us to be afraid of him, especially to that extent. It was more like, I guess, like, fear me means something different. It didn't mean be terrified of me. It's more like a love, more like a respect kind of thing. Yeah. And less about scaring people to worship him. And I just find it amazing how even now in 2021, going into 2022, we still have that same idea of, oh, we have to be trembling and terrified of God. Like, it's just insane how we still carry that on. Yes, that's true. Because like I said, when I grew up in church, you know, it was it was fear God. And I remember, I guess you can call it a stare tactic. <laughs> you know, they used to show us a movie <laughs> called Burn It in Hell. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I haven't. And um, A Thief in the Night, those two movies, they used to show us and at kids, it would literally scare you to the altar. And that's what it did. It scared us to the altar and come, you know, Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, we're in school, we good. Come Friday, you know, we didn't see it again. <laughs> but it was, a, you know, it was just like a scare tactic. Like you can't scare anybody to God. You know, okay. where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the forgiveness? Yes, you know, God, you you know, he, he died for your sins and, you know, but also he will forgive your sins if you do sin. Where's mm-hmm. that love from God? Why you have to show us be scared to run to God? That's what I grew up in. <laughs> no, I totally understand. I kind of grew up in this similar thing. It was more like being afraid of God was taught more, like, it was almost like you had to earn your own salvation. Like you have to do this, you have to do that. If not, God's going to be upset or he's not going to do this. I mean, I remember at a, one point I was told that if I had opportunity to read something and I didn't, 
then God was going to hold it against me. So here I am thinking, okay, so now I got to read every single thing I think I have to read so it won't be held against me. It just seemed like the odds were just stacked against me. Mm -hmm. So for me, fear with me, it does two things. It makes me not even try. I'm just like, well, what's the point? (laughs) You know, something Mm -hmm. such is going to happen anyway. I might as well just enjoy life if this is just what it is because I definitely cannot reach all of these roles. So that is, I totally understand where you're coming from because I think a lot of people, especially in our age group or in our generation, were presented with God in that manner. So this is all we knew and all we could think of. So you mentioned when you first started to have a relationship with God and you realized it's more about relationship. Did you experience any pushback from anybody, anybody in your family, anybody in your church? Like, how was that for you? No, um, I just come to realize that, you know, which, which I guess because the way I grew up, I never really cared about other people's opinion anyway. Right. You know, I didn't listen to the talk. So I just you know, just form my own relationship, you know, did they did what they do, I do what I do, and, and form, found my own relationship. That makes a lot of sense. So, did you have any positive experiences in church? Tell me a little bit about those, and how they helped you see the love of God even more, and then tell me about a a negative experience you may have had at church, which made you question, maybe, your relationship. Well, uh, the, the negative, I, I definitely remember the negative. <laughs> it was, I just, you know, mean that, like I said, I was I was a childhood molestation victim or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just did, didn't understand like how you can go to church and, you know, you have these different prophets come in and out can tell you about your whole life or the discerning spirit of the church can point out if a, a girl is being quote unquote fast whatever that means, but cannot, the same spirit cannot discern when someone is being molested. That right there, really, and to this day, I have questions about that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could tell me, you know, God said this, God is going to do this for you, but but that same God didn't reveal what's happening to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, come on now, you know, so that right there, I just questioned that a lot. So that was my negative. Positive is just the presence of God. Yeah. You know, the presence of God, you know, how he revealed himself to me and his spirit is you can feel him, you know, in church, what the church that I grew up with. It was a really presence there. Yeah. Well, that's good. But I get, I totally get the other part where you're like, how come? They didn't discern it. But you know what? It's crazy because even like it seems like churches across the board, when things like this happen, even when we look at like the Catholic church and how the priests were molesting the kids, like it seems like nobody pays attention to this or it's like swept under the rug. It's like people don't deal with this kind these kind of issues. And I've always wondered, like, why would people make a big deal about people not paying tithe or about women? who may have their clothes too short or have kids out of wedlock, but they're not focusing on real issues like kids getting abused and people being um, assaulted. Like there's domestic violence in church, there's sexual abuse, but nobody talks about any of these things. It's always Mm -hmm. like the small superficial kind of things. They'll talk about those things, the judgmental things. But when it comes to really helping someone and making an Mm -hmm. impact in someone's life, in a way that's life-changing, where they can save them and help them get out of situations. I don't really see anybody trying to do that. It's like, even when 
we're trying to give to the poor, it's always like, okay, so we're going to give to people in need, but we want them to come to church at the end result. It's like no one's helping because they just want to help because that's what God did. He helped people without any expectation. But it seems like that is not what is happening when it comes to the church. And I do find that to be strange, odd, and even slightly disturbing because it's just like no one's there for people. It's all, it seems to be a show. The only advice they have is take it to God in prayer. (laughs) Take it to God in prayer. Come to the altar. (laughs) But I'm dying inside. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. You can have God, a therapist, the the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, therapist, all at the same time. You know? Come on, people. No, it's true. But you know, it's like, even with everything that's going on with COVID-19, you see how a lot of Christians are resistant to any type of medical intervention or they're resistant mm-hmm. to any type of mental health, mental health issues. And they feel like you should just pray these things away. But I guess what they don't understand is like, God created doctors and he created therapists because he knew mm-hmm. that people would be able to use them to help. Yeah, you can still pray to God. God can help people because that's not what you're saying. Like, it's not like we're saying God can't help people. God can, but God can also send people your way who can help you with the resources that they have. And mm-hmm. so it's weird, but it seems like all the majority of churches that I have seen, they have something against um getting help for mental health issues they'll tell you to pray it away even with alcoholism and drug addiction Mm -hmm. they'll be like but just pray and ask god to take that away like yeah do that but also go to a treatment center also get help outside of that so why do you think that is why do you think people are so resistant to any kind of intervention when it comes to church honestly i i don't know I have that question all my life. I have, but it's, and it, it's still the same today. You know, back then you might've could excuse it, you know, different time, you know, like yeah. you said, swept up under the rug. But these days now with mental illness, it's been talked about um, more so now than ever before. Same way, like when the Me Too movement came about. So it's more easier. It's more appropriate. And you still have people shine away from it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's not right. It's not right because, you know, like you said, God can do it because he can, because yeah. he healed me. You know, I didn't have a therapist. I didn't, I didn't have these different outlets. God healed me. He did it. So yes, he can do it. But why do it have to wait 40 years, you know, because yeah. I was in my 40s, you know, and why God comes on his own time. Everybody knows that, you know, God comes when he wants to come, you know, mm-hmm. you can go talk to a therapist now. You can get help yeah. now. So yeah, it, it, it definitely needs to be pushed more in the churches that God is the center, but you also need someone to talk to that can talk to you back. Yeah. You know, give you ways to cope and coping ways to deal with different things. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, God can use people just like he used the donkeys in the Bible to talk to people. So I don't know why we seem to think he can't use other people who can talk to us and who can actually be of assistance to help people when they're going through those difficult times in their lives. So with everything that you've seen and everything that you've gone through, what is something 
that stands out to you as you definitely heard God speaking? Because I know in my life, there have been times where, you know, I was thinking about different things, or I was going through something, and I was like, God, where are you? And then, you know, out of the blue, maybe I heard a song on the radio, maybe somebody said something to me, but something happened that made me think, oh, God really heard me, God's listening, you know, that moment of clarity where God seemed to make himself known to me. Have you had any moments like that? And if you have, what were they, if you don't mind sharing? Well, yes, it was um, part of my healing. We're dealing with my healing. You know, God had revealed, you know, a couple of things that happened to me. Like I said, when I was young that I, you know, it was so traumatic at that age that he totally wiped them away from my mind in order to save my sanity. Yeah. So when he started talking to me in 2010 that, you know, he wanted to heal me. And in order for me to be healed, you know, of course he had to reveal and had to remember. So he revealed a couple of things and then it, it just felt in my spirit that it was one more thing that I needed to remember that God was going to show me. But I was so afraid of remembering because I thought, you know, it was going to be my breaking point. Yeah. Also mental illness, you know, runs in my family also. So, you know, I, and, and all through my life, I thank God for keeping my sanity, keeping my mind. So at that point, I was like, okay, God, you know, it's going to be too much. I, I, I can't handle it. I, I, I just know it's something else. And I feel like whatever it is, it's just going to break me. So God knew it. And he eased it on me. That's how good God is. You know, yeah. he, he would, he would, he would put your feelings. He would consider your feelings. He, right. he would put you first. So I was um, in Florida when I'm from visiting and I was over with one of my sisters. So she gets a knock on the door and somebody comes in and immediately when I saw him, memory started flashing. Mm -hmm. So that was God's way of putting me in the right place at the right time, but also covering me and easing on me easy enough. And I would be around people that could help me if I did have a little break or whatever. Yeah. And that's when I knew he was really real. He really heard my prayers because I was so afraid that this was going to be it for me. Yeah. I got all my life. You have kept my mind. And now, you know, at the end, I'm going to lose it because I know this one has got to be big. And he just eased it on me. It was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. All right. Well, I have one question now. If it's too much for you, you just say I'm not going to answer the question or whatever. Did this only happen to you or did it happen to like your sisters as well? Were you guys able to talk about this together and see what happened or anything? Did you have any type of support with that? Well, my sisters uh, are from on my dad's side okay. and they're all much older than me. Yeah, they right. like they were 10, 12, 15 years older than me. Okay. So we didn't necessarily grow up together, but um um they they know about it now because I wrote it in my book. I wrote a book and right. published a book last year. So yeah. Yeah, they know. Was it hard to talk to them about it? No, because some of them, you know, have dealt with the same. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sexual abuse is, it's a generational curse that uh, is, runs in some families and mine is one of them. You know, it goes down from my mom to me. Mm -hmm. So 
But I thank God that I stood in my authority and broke that curse. Yeah. I broke broke that curse over my family. That was true. Because I know every family has their secrets. Every family has their issues. And even like in my own family, I know that there are some things that have happened that nobody talks about. And I was just, of course, I didn't really get a chance to see or hear any of those things because I was actually happened like in my mom's era so you know I kind of missed out on those things but I do know like when you talk to some of my older relatives or you look back on some things you're like oh this happened okay Mm -hmm. and you know you Mm -hmm. kind of hear from other people things that have happened to them and I guess Mm -hmm. my sisters and I we missed out on a lot of we didn't experience any of any of those things because uh, we didn't live around my family that much maybe for the first 10 years of our lives and then we moved to South Carolina so when mm-hmm. those things were starting to happen to other people and everything, we were out of the picture because we were like in a whole different state. And mm-hmm. so I totally understand. And then it's like, once you hear it, it's like, oh my goodness, like, I can't believe that happened. So I can only imagine what it was like for you guys to sit down and just reminisce about some of the things that happened to you when you were younger, even though you were at different ages and grew up differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was very healing. It was very healing, you know, and it's something to know that you're not alone. Yeah. What you go through, you're not alone and that you will get through, but um, you have to speak about it. You know, you cannot heal what you don't reveal. So that's why God had to, you know, reveal it to my memory, you know, bring it back to my memory so I can get healed from it, my past and my trauma and everything associated with it. Yeah, and that's so true because sometimes, you know, if we just think that we don't talk about things and if we just hide things, that, you know, it'll go away. But the point is, it's like it doesn't go away. No matter how old we get, you still have to deal with these things. And I found out recently that how we deal with, like, things that happen in our childhood and things that may have we may have dealt with in our adolescence, that's how we see God. We see God through the people that have been in our lives. So, if you had a father that was not the greatest, you couldn't trust him, you couldn't really have a relationship with him, it makes it that much harder to have a relationship with God because we're going by what we saw, the example we saw in our fathers and in our parents. And then if you hear someone say, God's like a father, like if you didn't have a good one, that's not a way for us to connect with him. Because you're just like, well, if God is like my dad, I kind of don't want to have anything to do with him because my dad was horrible. So, and I think sometimes people forget that. And I think that's the issue for me with religion. It kind of leaves out the fact that we live in a real world. It leaves out that a lot of us are hurt and have trauma and have things that we've gone through. And the majority of people do things, not because they just wake up and say, oh, I just want to do this. It's because of things that they've experienced. And so they're just reacting to things that have happened to them. And religion doesn't account for that because it just tells you, okay, so do this, do that, and you'll be saved. You'll be, you know, you'll go to heaven only if you do these things. But it doesn't count, take into account that we're going to fall and God knows we're going to fall more than not. And that's why he just died for us because he knew we were not going to be able to be perfect because if we were it was no need for jesus to die so i think religion doesn't take all of this into account that we're human and we have issues and things that we bring to the table that religion doesn't account for so yeah that says a lot it really like we're just people and god understands that and i'm glad he does (laughs) but he sees us as we are 
and loves us in everything. I say that all the time. Thank God you are not like man. Yeah. Because you would have been crucified 30 million, million times over. <laughs> they talk about us and talk about us and hold your past against you. Yes, and, yeah. Like we can never change. And I just thank God he's not like man. He's a forgiving God. He's an all-knowing God. He's a loving God. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your book. What inspired you to write it? And how did you get started? Because I know a lot of people say it's hard to write a book. <laughs> You've done yes. it already. <laughs> so how did this happen? Well, with me, it was very, very, very therapeutic, you know. But also, I wrote it for other survivors. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and with me, the little what makes my story a little different from other people that is a survivor from sexual assault, I actually got pregnant and had a child from it. So I wanted to speak to the kids that are born out of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so they can understand and, and know that they have a purpose. You know, their yeah. life had meaning. They are fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of God. They were made, you might not came here traditionally physical attraction love but you were you came from a godly love godly love because if you wasn't supposed to be here you wouldn't have been here you wouldn't have ever been made so i i wanted to speak to the kids because you hear you meet all every survivors every day but when you when it comes to the children that's born out of it you really don't see them they never heard of spoke of so i just wanted to put the message out there for them and to tell my story yeah. to hopefully it inspire uplift and encourage others and also show the power of God his his healing power because like I said that I got my healing through him I am now in counseling but I did that after God healed me I, did, I started counseling like last year so um and I only did that because I wanted to find new ways of going about my life from here on. You know, when you grow up in, in, in a toxic environment and dysfunction, you pick up those traits. Yeah. I just wanted to be the best person from here forth on out as that I can be. You know, I didn't I'm trying to learn new ways of handling different situations. So for as the healing aspect of it, God healed me and I thank God for it. That is amazing. And I like how you said you wanted to find different ways to do things because you're right like whatever environment you grow up in and especially when it comes to childhood trauma like you find ways to cope and people on the outside may be like well that's not the right way to cope but that's what's getting you through and that's what's helping you and we just carry these things with us and we don't even realize it most of the time like there are so many people out there who are doing things because they started doing it as a coping mechanism but now this is just how they live. So I like the fact that you're just like, you just want to be better. You want to do different things because a lot of things we do are learned, you know, it's learned behavior, not something yeah. we try to do. It's just something we learn how to do. So I like how you say you wanted to work on yourself in that and you wanted to do that. And then the fact that you could actually do your own self-assessment and see, hey, I just want to be a better person. I want to stop doing certain things. I think that's, that says a lot to your healing and how you're able to be objective and look at yourself in that way. Yes, because, you know, and my, my trauma happened so young. I was four and I was at the, you know, you don't even have an identity of who you are at that age. Right. So I, I struggled with who am I? 
you know, what, who was I created to be? Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, at that age, you, like I said, you don't have identity. You don't. So I was trying to figure out, you know, but my counselor told me that whoever you were supposed to be, you can't find that person. Right. You know, you, you are who you are from here on out. Like that person is gone, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just, just trying to find out who am I (laughs) through therapy? Who am I? Absolutely. So if anyone wanted to get in contact with you and especially like how would we be able to order your book? Like how can we get in contact with you? Well, the book is titled Still Standing and uh, my name is Barbara Swint and it's on all major platforms um, such as Amazon, Books A Million and Barnes and Nobles. But you also can go on my site and place an order and my site is I'm Still Standing slash LLC.org. And you can also order my book through my site. So those the ways to order my site, my book. Love it. So what advice would you give to someone who is actively looking for God and who may have had experienced the same kind of trauma that you've experienced? Like what advice would you give them to help them in their journey of finding God? Go to God just as you are. You don't have to be made up, fixed up, say all these big elaborate words. He wrote works better with broken people, you know, anyway. So just go to him as you are, speak from your heart, and he will listen. He knows. He knows before you even speak. He just wants you to speak those words to him so he can have his way with you. And he wants to work through you. He just needs a willing vessel. Just speak from your heart. I love that. I love that. Because just speaking to God from your heart. I know for me, that's how I was able to find him. Just talking to him and just asking him questions. So that is amazing and awesome advice. Well, thank you so much, Barbara, for being on the show. Thank you. I truly enjoyed having you here. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much. I absolutely love this interview. I have to admit that this interview left me speechless at times, and I truly appreciate how Barbara was able to be open and transparent about what she went through as a child. Abuse is never okay, and as you see from this week's interview, abuse does happen in the church. So if you see or know someone who is being abused, please, I implore you, do not ignore it, but please make sure that you do something to help. My favorite part of this interview was when Barbara talked about how she was eventually able to find healing through God and how he was there for her as she went through the healing process. So if you feel broken and are in need of healing, I encourage you to talk to God about it and ask him to heal you. He will absolutely heal you. However, it may require you to go to a therapist or a counselor for help as part of your healing. God can and does heal, but sometimes God will put people in your path to be an answer to your prayers. So don't expect God to only answer you in the way that you thought that he will answer you because God has a million ways to answer one prayer. And I know that God is listening to you and that he will answer your prayer for help and for healing. The song we're going to listen to today is by our artist of the week, Rush. Rush is no stranger to the podcast and in season one, he was actually a guest. And today we will be listening to his single, Provider.
let Jesus take the wheel so I don't drift. Let my seat back close my eyes. Just know if I've been what's being fed to my soul. Baptize me in the fire. Too much hell up on this earth, I won't let them take my life. Since a part of me, I pray that I get right. Heard that you is the only one. I was caught up in this world, I never knew what I was missing. My God's a provider, they call him Jehovah Jireh. He's got everything you need, love is guaranteed. Ain't no way I'm gonna let you fall if you ride with me. My God's a provider, they call him Jehovah Jireh. He's got everything you need, love is guaranteed. Ain't no way I'm gonna let you fall if you ride with me. Down on my knees, huh? receive the spirit. Father, take control of my life. Bless my soul, just make it white. Anything that's not of you, take it away as I follow you. Know yourself, put it on the cross for our sins, but they still lost. We gotta teach you what about you. My God's a provider. They call him Jehovah Jireh. He's got everything you need. Love is guaranteed. Ain't no way I'm gonna let you fall if you ride me. They call him Jehovah Jireh. He's got everything you need. Love is guaranteed. Ain't no way I'm gonna let you fall if you ride with me. Thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Barbara, Rush, or myself, All of our contact information can be found in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, Click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit music to the show. And in this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.